Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, one. Oh, 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 oh. What's up, y'all? Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with wrestling on the rocks, depending on what that drink is. Preferably non-alcoholic, you know? How's it going? The Celtic Warriors, James. Wardlow here. Soda. I would love to have a drink with wrestling on the rock. I would love to have a drink with wrestling on the rocks. Maple syrup. I would never have a drink with wrestling on the rocks. All right, let's give a quick cheers to fans for for Sports Force Network. Fantastic app. Uh, and you want to get paid. Yeah. <laughs> Epiphysen. Yeah. Man, if you start uh, if you keep getting it wrong like that, they're gonna start charging you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's on my tab. Uh let's talk SmackDown, guys. SmackDown, I really liked. Oh, let me see real quick. I'm gonna scroll through and see if there's anything I could see that was removed. Um nothing from this thing. So I don't know. It was probably a backstage thing. They got removed, but everything I'm seeing on this review is stuff I saw. So Hulu got all the good stuff in, baby. Uh, I want to know what you guys think of Nick Aldis at this juncture. Because I hear more and more people talk about how he's absolutely fucking perfect and incredible in every way at this. And I've had some heard some people say things like, do you think we ever get to a place where he starts to wrestle? And people are like, I think we will because he's just too good not to this and that. Here's my thought on it. Everything I see him say and do feels like he's trying so hard to let them let him wrestle. He wants that. That's what he wants. I don't get the impression by anything in this presentation that they want that. They haven't given him music because we've had GMs who had music before. Mm-hmm. No music, no name on the wall. You silently walk out there. I don't know if they've told him to tone down his suits, but they've toned down. I think he's doing just fine. I don't think WWE has any interest in letting him wrestle in any way different than Robert Stone wrestles. But I also think that he's doing fine and he desperately wants to be in the main event of WrestleMania all the time. Am I missing something here? Is he actually incredibly spectacular and needs to be wrestling also at the same time as doing this? I don't think we need another like authority figure wrestling unless there's a story for it that makes sense. That's a good point. I think he does his job well enough, and that's fine. You don't he, you don't have to do more. Plus, let's be honest, the dude did a lot in NWA. He was a great champion. He held that belt for a long time. He's had a career. Yep. This is not a bad time for him to kind of ride into a different era. It's kind of like, do you want Nigel McGuinness to start wrestling again? I don't. Nigel McGuinness has had his time. I know there's a medical condition that precludes him from wrestling, but you get what I'm saying? Same with Adam Pierce. I would argue the same with Christopher Daniels. You've had your time. I think it's great for you to be in a different role. Yeah. I mean, and also on uh, in the same vein, you know, Nigel McGuinness would give anything to be back in that ring. This very moment. Yeah. You know it. 
uh, when I met him during the WrestleMania week, he was, I saw him a couple of times and talked to him a few times that weekend. And it was glaring how badly he wished he was wrestling and not doing any of the things he's doing. Uh, and it's a little sad to look into someone's eyes and realize that, you know, that you are not currently, nor may you ever do the thing that you truly want to do again. And you did it like you had it. You were right there. So, um, so I get it, but I think it's also a really good point just from the GM from the on TV side, like Klump said, we've had GMs who were active wrestlers and they don't always work out well to begin with. So to take one who's not and turn him into one for sake of his ability to be able to be one, if they didn't sign him as a wrestler, it wasn't because his last match was not very good. You know what I mean? It's because yeah. they didn't see in him that for his future. Does that make sense? No, I agree. I, I, I think that, he was that an, nails it. He was an active wrestler when he signed. They don't not know. Yeah, They're not just finding out. Bruce Pritchard was in TNA when Dick Aldis was their champion. He's fully fucking aware. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? LA Knight was in NWA when Nick was the champion. It's not like nobody knows he can wrestle. They signed a guy for a purpose. Fully fucking aware he can do other things. They don't want that. That's my thought. Bishop, go ahead. Um, so I saw a couple things. And where I agree with what people are saying about him doing perfect is the idea of a general manager role right he's dipping in and out he's showing that he is more authoritative than the bloodline right he's i i'm not i'm not disagreeing with how you feel about it i'm letting you know that this is why they see it that way mm -hmm. so when i say charlotte sucks and people go well she's a great athlete i'm like yeah you're right you know so there's both both can be true both can be true so but where I agree with you is that it's not coming off well. It's not per positioning itself great. What I do like is happening is that it's going to get to this point where Roman Reigns is going to beat the shit out of him. And he'll end up having a match a la the Adam Pierce match that he had. Right? Remember that one? That was awesome. So I don't see this. I don't see it lasting. Um, <laughs> he's doing a good job being a thorn in the side of the bloodline. But that's about it. Um, he's only 37. And I say that in context that there's 40-year-olds, 40-plus-year-olds, just True. absolutely balling out all over the roster. Um, so, Lashley's yeah. Like, like a 45 or some shit. Who? Lashley. Oh, Lashley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, people want Brock Lesnar to come back, you know? And he's, Dude, he's up there, too, you know? We were laughing last week when we were watching the main event of SmackDown, and it was Orton, AJ, and LA Knight. And we we're like, yeah, this... This sponsored by Medicare. Like, fuck, yeah. this, is, this is a whole group of folk. <laughs> and like, there's really, heat there. And people want yes. it. Yeah. And it was, yeah. and it was, they're all excited. in their 40s. Yeah. yeah. They're all well in their 40s and they're all fucking killing it. Yeah. Uh, so to say Nick Aldis age wise is tapped out, that's, that wouldn't be true. You know, um, I just think it's a charisma thing that has him, you know, uh, where he is, which I don't understand why they would look at everything he does and go, he needs to have a microphone. So that was the weirdest part to me. <laughs> yeah. That was so weird when they walked out. He's your GM. Also, like what? <laughs> of all yeah. the things he can physically do, the one thing yeah. you want him to do is talk. I'd rather him stand there with his shirt off and his dumb haircut and weak smile and just 
Because he does that better than he does talk. I'm sorry. Like, it just doesn't work. (laughs) If they had him as a wrestler with a manager, they said, we're going to bring you in, but we're bringing in fucking somebody to talk for you. Uh, Even if they just, I thought they might bring him in as a coach for the PC because he's very fundamentally sound and everything. Yeah. He's he's great in the ring. That's that's another, again, you've had your time, buddy. Here's an option. Yep. I think that you're right, though. I think it's a charisma thing. And I do think that, uh, I do think he's doing just fine. I also think that part of the reason people think he's doing so well is because he has an accent. Mm. I honest to God, there people a... respond weird to accents and they're like, he just sounds so authoritative. I'm like, no, he fucking has a British accent. <laughs> um, There's a difference. Think, Go ahead. Do you think his ego uh, is saying that, you know, I was champion for three years, so it has to be. Like he like he carries that ego with him that he was champion for that long. So that's what his his uh, his gravitas is, is that he walks around like a three year champion when it was, you know, it was NWA. Yeah. That no offense to those guys. It was also uh, during COVID. And so over 300 of those days were were no matches because there, it was just COVID era. So like his his record breaking NWA's reign was supposed to stop. Everyone has said it who was a part of that company at the time. Yeah, yeah, he was scheduled to lose that title. He wasn't supposed yeah. to hold it for 900 days. But COVID happened, and we all didn't know what the fuck to do anymore. The same reason I don't like, and I'm happy that she doesn't, but Kaylee Ray, who became Alba Fire, was like, I'm the longest reigning NXT UK champion. Like, you didn't have a match for a year and yeah. a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you couldn't, and we couldn't fly you in. It was a fucking issue. Like, quit pretending you had a two-year reign. You had six months worth of matches. It's the but w, she's really a w good, business. Right? She's but very good. She's, she's better really good. That and setting shit on fire. If I'm honest, I like her more now that she's a pyro. Yeah, I do. Yeah. But yeah, I don't and think the hot, that, um, the hot factor goes up a little bit too. Yeah. yeah plus she's plus she speaks Irish, so you know she's yeah. wicked. Yeah. You know, <laughs> name an Irish baby face apart from Becky. They're all heels. Fit Finley. So, Fit Finley was a heel, dude. Kevin Patrick. KP. You're going to go with KP. Hornswoggle. You know how hard it was for Seamus to become a babyface? <laughs> it was so hard, and it's been like back and forth because I'm just saying that Irish accent makes And you know what? KP is the heel on that table. No one likes him. They keep talking about how they don't like him. Because they're racist. It I is. They're it. racist. <laughs> they, don't, they don't like Irish people. They don't. The dude on the Lucky Charms box, he's a baby yeah, face. Yeah, he's a face. He's a baby face. Yeah, Lucky Charms was a baby yeah. face. <laughs> Swoggle. Man. Swoggle was Swoggle baby face? Yeah. I'll, I'll only give you half credit for that, but I won't tell you why. <laughs> 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 uh. My favorite part about uh, Swoggle, because I never really watched him wrestle, when he talks about wrestling, that dude fucking loves it. Every oh, interview yeah. he does. Is fucking amazing. He has some of the I best would, interviews out there. So good. I'd love him to have a podcast because he's he's genuinely funny and like interesting. I'm like, this dude gets it. True. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah, it's the people who ended up in wrestling that you kind of go like uh, that you kind of like like the swoggles, James Ellsworth. He never talked to anything less than just the greatest time of his whole fucking life was like the two years he was in WWE. Uh, I mean, I was lucky enough to be a part of Prosing Spotlight with John Arezzi 
and meet some people through there. And uh, one of the people I was able to kind of befriend here was uh, Broadway Sonny Blaze, where if you go back in the early 90s, was a jobber on TV. And he was around for a bunch of stuff. And he talks about it so glowingly, like I was given every opportunity. He's told me over and over again, Marsh, I gave, they gave me everything. You know, Paul Heyman did everything for me when I went to ECW, but I froze. He's like, it just wasn't, I couldn't live up to the opportunities that were given to me. He goes, it's no one's fault but my own. He goes, but I had it all. And he wrestled Shawn Michaels in The Undertaker. Undertaker's first match or second match with Sonny Blaze. It's just really cool to hear the people who like most might shit on to be all like, but it was a great fucking time of my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And everything. There's a skit out there of Vince and uh, Bobby Heenan where I forget what they're what they're going on about, but Bobby gets uh, like scared of Vince and runs away and hides behind somebody in the live studio audience. That was also Sonny. He was around so much. They just used him for all sorts of stuff. And Vince and Bobby loved him. And like he said that Vince was never anything but like nice. him. like, is there anything I could do for you? Do you need more time in the ring? They gave him a key to the warehouse where they had a ring. So he could go there and train whenever he wanted. Wow. So sometimes it's like the opportunity is there. But at the same time, I've heard people from that era try to talk about him as some piece of shit jobber that never did anything. You're like, that's not how he remembers his life. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he loved it. And he's a lot more positive about his lack of Hall of Fame career than your actual Hall of Fame career. You big right. dumb idiot. Because <laughs> there's some people who have like fragile eagles, even though they've done it all. You know? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have another drink. Cheers. So shout out to Broadway Sunny Blaze. Let's see. So, oh yeah. And at the beginning of it, so Nick Aldis did the thing and he's all like, oh, it's going to be the bloodline versus the other guys. And Roman Reigns is going to be here. I didn't love that. They said that knowing full well that Roman wouldn't be there, but they did within a couple beats, correct him and say, he's not here because you could see the yeah. audience get lively. They're like, oh my God, we're getting Roman. Mm -hmm. And then Paul Heyman was like, we don't have Roman. And then you could see them go like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> oh, shit. That. Yeah. Okay, uh, so maybe Nick Aldis shouldn't be talking. So that's that's one thing I want to um, just jump on real quick. When they say the Roman Reigns act is stale, this is where they're wrong. Right. You you're not going to make him the bad guy in this situation. People want to see what it is and they do want to see it come to an end. But what they try to do is make Roman Reigns the bad guy for not being in the match. That's what all this objective was there, right? Like, oh, you're going to boo Roman Reigns for not being here. No, we're booing you for saying he was going to be here when you knew he wasn't going to be here. You know what I mean? So instead of trying to put the, instead of putting the heat on Roman, it actually goes to all this. And that's why the, the Reigns thing isn't as stale as people think. I fucking hate you. Because I'm right. I fucking hate you, dude. I was going to talk some shit on Roman. Can't do it. It's all this is fault. And you just said all that shit right now. Such a piece of shit. You're such a piece of shit. One of us needs to get a fart gun for us to shoot at you. Yeah. <laughs> I do think, well, I mean, so yeah, that's the thing. Roman is still bigger than ever, but the, the bloodline storyline is flat. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like Bloodline yeah. hasn't done anything exciting since Sammy. If you ask anyone their favorite stuff with Sam with the Bloodline, it's Sammy. a bunch of different things that involved Sammy. What have they done good since Sammy left? What's the best rivalry they've had since Sammy? 
What's the most compelling thing they've done since Sammy? I honest to God couldn't tell you a single rivalry they even had since Sammy left. It was just Jay. Jay's been doing Jay. cool shit. No, yeah. like that that's what happened afterwards was the build to Jay going solo. Oh, yeah. From, from Mania to, to SummerSlam, which was phenomenal because it encapsulated the entire three years of Jay going through the ups and downs with Roman. So like that's that does get a little bit of credit too, but you're right. Like it peaked, it came down from a hell of a high peak to still some yeah. really good shit. But since SummerSlam, yeah, it's just been a you know, yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah. I'd say since yeah. Mania. Especially story wise. Since Mania, really, I haven't felt the same way about the bloodline at all. Because, yeah, we got through the Jay story, and that was stuff you go, okay, well, I guess we're going to do this now. Because that was a long time coming. But the exciting stuff that was the Sammy stuff. So I do yeah. think that it's been pretty flat in a way that makes you go, I don't know about this. I don't know if Roman should really be holding the championship. But you're still right in the idea that, like, Roman's still super important and super over. And the crowd was excited about the idea that Roman was going to be there and then mad at Nick for saying that he, he would when he wouldn't like, yeah, Roman got no heat on this one. Like Roman's not done, but the bloodline needs something drastically or it needs to disband. Yeah. Like, I just don't know what, I don't know the point of the bloodline at this point. This feels like before Sammy got in where it was kind of like, what's okay, the point cool. of this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and to me, the bloodline super overstated. It's welcome, but I mean, we'll see what happens with it all. Uh, they did beat the shit out of Cameron Grimes. The beginning. Before that. Match was... Yeah. What do you think is going to happen with Cameron Grimes? He's good, right? You don't, <laughs> I don't think it's, I don't think it's going well for him. I, uh, I heard a shoot interview with him, uh, where he explained the whole Dogecoin, uh, crypto thing that he went through because he got on the, the beginning end of the GameStop stuff. He's like, dude, I made millions and yeah. I don't need the money. So he's actually wrestling out of passion now. So I would imagine that that's just where he's at. He's like, fuck it. I'm not on TV. Fuck it. We're wrestling for passion. We're having fun. I do think, though, he's way more entertaining than what we have going on. So that's a bummer. I just don't yeah, think they're great. They're, I don't think there is an is right now for Cameron Grimes. Like, what is? I don't, there just isn't. Mm. Yep. All right. Well, uh, let's keep moving a little bit. Uh, uh, we did end up with Angel and Humberto against uh, LWO. So this was Delgado del Fantasma of 2.0 against LWO 1. 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, 2.5, 2.8, 1.5, 9.1. Is that X? LWOX.2. No. The more you keep saying it, it sounds like a kid of Elon Musk had. <laughs> like, what? Elon Musk named his kid an equation, remember? Did he? Yeah, oh, it fuck. didn't go. What did it equal? Uh, a dipshit. It was a really cool match. Uh, I liked having Santos on esca on uh, on on commentation. Well, define commentation. Hmm. D define commentation for me. You know the commentatory. Ah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed letting that one breathe. That was. 
<laughs> that made me feel good. <laughs> made me feel good. <laughs> but outside of that, where are we at with it? You know what I mean? Yeah. It was a good tag match. Do you think we get to a point where they merge, or do you think we get to a point where we just have LWO and Delgado just floating around? Or I think. I think they float around because it doesn't make sense for them to merge again unless you kick Rey Mysterio out because the big thing was their blow up and feud. Yeah. You know, like, I, I mean, arguably, I like Santos and Legado del Fantasma. I think it's a fantastic, like, faction. It was great in NXT. I think it's great now. I think it's a good born-in fight, um, but it, it's also not getting the screen time aside from them fighting to really have a story behind it. Yeah. Like yeah, it, it reads like two fat, like it's two factions fighting, but why? And we fill in a lot of the blanks from what we know from before, you know, there's, there's no mention of the legato theme being as old as it is. Right. Like, like you just said, Clump, uh, legato on TV is amazing, but this is the first time he's had new members, you know, and, and we don't, we know the story because we watched it in NXT it being on the main roster, people don't know that, and they barely have the time to tell the story. I and I'm gonna do something I usually don't do, which is take something that I'll project from off screen instead of it being on screen. Mm-hmm. I think the whole Ray Mysterio injury and maybe even Carlito not being quite healthy, they don't know what to do, and they're just giving us exposure to these guys. But this mm-hmm. might be the one that they should take off TV and put something else in there until they can tell the story the right way. Because they were definitely building it to it, right? Getting Ray off the title with Santos and the whole thing. But with the Ray injury, it's like, well, they can't finish the story in its proper telling. So we're just kind of watching the fluff happen. And, you know, we talked about it last week on episode one. Legato, our LWO going down to NXT, part of the Dusty Cup, having awesome tag matches. Just stay there. Let it breathe down there. Let Legato build away from LWO on the main roster, and then we can see how heavy these guys are until they come back together. But they even brought Carlito back out on Friday to, you know, now do the three-on-three thing. And I don't know. I think it's it's lacking a lot of juice if you're not familiar with what's going on. I agree with that. Yeah. I don't know. I do feel – I feel like I like that it's happening because, like you said, kind of like the off-screen thing, you go, well, here's a bunch of guys who were not getting an opportunity – that are now getting a chance and you know that it has to do with who's involved, right? Who do you guys want to work with and all that business? I always feel a little bit bad when it feels like we're doing a little bit of, um, Hey, let's put all the Asians together. Let's put all the Mexicans together. Yeah. La- la- like, Latinos, Latinos there, there. There's a lot of not Mexicans there. That's a good point. Just anyone <laughs> Latin to them is the same. Uh, yeah. But the Spanish speakers. Yeah. They speak Spanish. Same, same Z's. <laughs> but at the same time, go ahead. No, I was just say I, I know many Mexicans and Puerto Ricans, and it's it's always my that inside talk. I'm gonna bring the inside talk outside. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's I've I've been part of that conversation. It's like, wait, you're Mexican, you're Puerto Rican. Wait, what do you guys speak it? Spanish, you know. It's, <laughs> ah. <laughs> so <laughs> okay, <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> yeah. but, it's just, 
I mean, they all do work really well together. So it's kind of hard not to say that they shouldn't be doing it. And I do think it's cool because when you have that program yeah. going on, you're getting more than just, I mean, was it, they talked about Dragon Lee and Santos may be the, the big future of, of Lucha Libre. And I think this is it right here. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is why that is Ray Mysterio and Eddie were getting out there with every fucking buddy. Uh-huh. We know, we know La Parca because of Ray and Eddie and Conan. You know what I mean? Like, those guys were leading the whole, well, you got to bring my buddy. You got to bring my buddy. This is the same thing where they work so well together. I can't be mad at it, but I do wonder where you end up with once once you hit the, the end of the line, the end of the story, right? Once everyone gets the retribution, do they just disappear? And that's what I'm afraid of, and I hope not. So it was great. It was a great match, though. Uh, I don't remember what order this happened in, so I think this has happened right about here. We had the Street Profits come out with Bobby Lashley and talk some shit and get a little video from Karrion Cross. Did you guys notice a little something different about Street Profits? Took the suits off. They didn't take the suits off. They were wearing suits. If they took the suits no. off, they'd be back in fucking basketball shorts and sneakers. They took their was jacket off. That's, the difference yeah. was they stopped fucking off. They went out there like they were serious and it felt like something was happening. Montez wasn't doing his fucking little lip curl. He wasn't trying to dance. The one thing he did do was make sure that he was like in front of everyone. So the camera and spotlight was always on him, but he didn't do anything fucking silly. And he let Bobby talk like this was the best that they've looked because they didn't look like clowns who were joking. Well, that's what they need. If we're going to make them a reasonable heel team. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, they listen. Yeah. They listen to us. They listen to us. They're big fans. Cheers. So Dawkins told me. Um but I did like it. What do you think of the video? The carrying cross video and all the stuff going on with them? It's better. Me, you've, had a partic- you've had a particularly hard time with cross. Yeah, it's it's better, a better presentation, uh Look again, it's when you tell us your story, it's up to us to interpret it, it's up to us to feel it and all that stuff. So the video package was better. Okay. I still have to see that translate. They have a name, so that's cool. Let's see how it translates. It there's a uh, the fact that Cross was the speaker for it as opposed to Ellering or Scarlet, I think might be a bit of an issue. Uh but we have a unification of, of who this final testament is, and we'll see. So at least we know something better now. Just got to see the next step. I agree with that. I'm liking it so far. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know where we end up with just because of the idea that I feel like that Bobby and Street Profits are the baby faces here. But to be honest, I'd really like to see Cross's faction go over here. I would too. I think it'd be really nice for them. I think that they need more rebuilding than Street Profits or Bobby Lashley. Oh, 100%. It, like, and it they're, 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 go ahead. No, 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 it's fine. Go ahead. I'll, I'll complete my thought first. Um, I think, yeah, like Street Profits and Bobby Lashley are all defined characters. They, they're trying to change them, but the crowd's behind them for better or for worse. Uh, Cross never got the chance. Like in NXT, he was hell over, but he never got the chance on the main roster. And 
you know, it's really cool having him and Scarlet paired with Ellering and, you know, that, that formation, but they need a chance. Yeah. Cause it's, it's really fun to have such a big team get decimated <laughs> for nothing. <laughs> yeah. I just, Over I don't think, I don't think they have to be mutually exclusive. You know, the, the baby faces can lose here, you know, the, yeah. and that would help show the power of this new faction. I don't have a problem with that at all. So, it, you know, and honestly, if you baby face these guys with attitude, you're going to get the most organic response response you can from Street Profits and Bobby Lashley. You know, we talked about it before on episode one is uh, are the Street Profits too baby face like to be booed? Well, if their natural char- charisma leads them to be cheered, um, but you can fix this attitude thing, we might have something here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I I agree with you guys too. I mean that the cross and, and AOP should win this whole thing. They should. And I think I agree with you too. We're we're Ellering not talking at all. Seemed really fucking weird. They had uh Scarlet talking a lot more than she has in the past, which was good. I thought they were again getting a little too f- clever with the editing of the videos. It was a little hard to understand what he was saying at times because they were trying to do this weird stuff, but I'd really like to see them uh beat Bobby and the Street Profits here because I think that they can come out on top easy. I saw somebody, oh no, we talked about that last week, where they're trying to say that Lashley was like kind of a uh, anti-charisma, that people weren't reacting the way that they thought they should to Street Profits, but I felt like Lashley's getting the biggest responses anyways, so it's kind of mm-hmm. opposite in my mind. Uh, and before we go on to the, the matches, or you know what, let's just do the next match. Bianca versus Bailey. God, I fucking loved the story here. <laughs> They are telling this. It only sort of involves the, the belt, right? The title's only involved by happenstance of being part of the group. But the real story here is Bailey's interaction with damage control. We just talked about it like two weeks ago, how it seemed like they were back on track and they were kind of revitalizing it and giving it another breath of life. But here we are now, and I go, well, maybe we're getting to the i mean not maybe we're definitely getting to the point where how brilliantly executed was it bailey throwing them out getting the ref looking over and being like guys what are you and the ref's like what and she's like nothing you know right and goes over there and she like looks over her shoulder at the ref and she kind of like turns her back a little bit and she goes like guys next time you know like "Mm." do the thing (laughs) yeah do the thing and they're all like well what like the fact that they're actively not helping her was really put really well done and i felt like bailey was really good here emoting and pantomiming along the way and trying to constantly setting them up to help her and they just didn't do you think we're really going to bailey versus eo at mania i think so i think it makes the most sense and i think it'd be a the the best match i think it's got a good Mm built-in story the only other way i see it would be Bailey <clears throat> versus Asuka because I feel like even though EO's got the belts, like as, as a damage control story, I feel like the crux of the change was Asuka. Mm. You know? That's so it kind of feels like you're 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 off your target. Things didn't quite get out of control until Asuka came in the mix. Exactly. Yeah, I, I can see that. Um, I, mm, 
I just everything in my head I don't like. You know, I agree with you. I thought the match was perfect. I thought it was awesome. They work great together. We've seen that in the past. Um, my issue with the storytelling is how do you get Bailey out and have some type of positivity whatsoever? Like if it's if it lines up to EO Bailey at WrestleMania, it's not gonna end well for Bailey. Bailey yeah. Bailey can't win that because if she does, then it does ruin all of damage control. You know, it doesn't leave them better. Like Jay losing to Roman at SummerSlam still put Jay on the next tier, right? It did it for Sammy. It did it for everyone but Drew. But damage control has has had so many ups and downs without Bailey. It, they need to be dominant. They would need to wash Bailey away. So I think you just got to get her out. And I, I don't think EO at Mania necessarily has to happen. That's kind of my thought, too, is I don't know where there's a win here. Like, it feels like, yes, they could have a great match. I don't know that it's the kind of match that we've all been we've all been waiting for it. But are we all dying for it? And does everyone come out on top? So, well, and I, I think her as the the fat the actual faction leader, getting EO to the title, getting the Kabuki Warriors to the tag titles, actually feels so much better. And I think that's why going this particular route now, it's like, well, the Kabuki Warriors didn't get their chance, you know. And and mm-hmm. it's just it's now seems too soon based off the promo that you know kind of turned everything around. The fuck is going on? What am I hearing? The kitty cat. Yeah. That makes sense. This thing won't shut off. There it is. So does your cat watch Bailey or cat cat's a Bailey man? Cat's (laughs) cat's a Bailey mark. Good. TP poker coming through. TP poker. (laughs) Cheers, TP Poker. He likes Paul Ellering and he likes Bailey. Mm -hmm. Wise. Wise, That's why we keep letting him back in. (laughs) Um let me see. I feel like there was something else going on in that match, but I don't think that there's as much to break down about it because I think it was just so well executed, if I'm honest. Well, that's and that was the that was the the whole point, right? The whole reason yeah. for the match was so the damage control could look at Bailey like, ah, what, what are we gonna do, man? The ref was right there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That was all well done. And Bianca was perfect in this, and she did a really good job of constantly looking over at them, but also kind of like, okay, you know. Let's see yeah. Carmelo Hayes versus Austin Theory. That just had a rough ending. They landed on their heads. Yeah, that was, was just, bad. That was just scary. I don't think we've heard anything. Uh, we haven't heard an update, so I'm assuming they both just got their bell rung and they're probably okay. But that was fucking yeah. scary. Yeah, it looked like yeah. Austin Theory caught the brunt of that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he hit his head on it. If uh, I'm not mistaken, because I didn't get sorry, I didn't get a chance to watch NXT, but I I thought um Trick and and Melo had a match last night. So I believe Mello is back to wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Mello was okay. I think Theory was the one I wasn't sure about. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. And then, yeah, Mello and Trick had the tag match. So you're right. Yeah. Uh, they were working awesome together, but it's also young dudes who can do anything going out there. And fucking Theory yeah. is so jacked, dude. The way they have that light mm-hmm. on him is fucking ridiculous. I made producer lady leave. <laughs> you know it. We're watching. He's got his arms up, the light on. She's like, Jesus Christ. I was like, enough. <laughs> fast forward. Fast forward. Yeah. She was like, I didn't know men could have so many muscles. I was like, 
She goes, you're just, lumpy in a way different way, is what she said. Just a reminder, you have all those muscles, too. You have the same yeah. ones. They just don't I look own like the that. same muscles. Yeah. yeah. You literally have the same ones. There's no yeah, muscle he has that you don't. They just don't look the same. Yeah. They're just different, you know? Yeah. Excuse me for being different. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So I put my lumps other places. Whatever. <laughs> I like to protect mine it. with fat. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> what? Body uh, I know it's ridiculous. <laughs> Get out of here and watch this. I'll call you back when Ricochet comes back. <laughs> uh oh, they did the video. Butch. Butch and uh Taylor Bate. Yes. Tyler Bate? Mr. I... Bate. I call him Mr. Bate. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Mr. Bate. <laughs> Ah, Mr. Bait. Hmm? Ah. Yeah. It's not quite like Mr. Bean, but I can see how you get there. <laughs> Remember I said two weeks ago, was it? Are we really close to just get going back to Pete Dunn? This felt like we're really close to getting back to Pete Dunn, right? Which I, I like Pete Dunn more than Butch. Yeah, sure. I don't it's, have a it, that. It's been a weird name for me. Well, and it's it's crazy, too, because it's, it's one of those changes that happened so long ago. And most of them, 99% of them, we stick with. We stick with the change and it's okay. But I can't even talk to my nine-year-old. Like, I say Pete Dunn all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And But also part of it is I showed him Pete Dunn, Tyler Bate from Chicago. And he's like, Dad, I need more Pete Dunn matches. So he can't even go Bush. He's like, Dad, I like Pete Dunn way more than Bush. I said, I know. A lot of people do. A lot <laughs> of people do. <laughs> um, I think it's there. I mean, that that was the cliffhanger to the promo, right? Like, I don't even know who I am anymore. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But here's a question: Do we get prove me wrong? Feedback. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Depends on if someone proves him wrong. Thing is, is he gonna prove wrong, Mister Bate? Prove me wrong. Is prove me to. wrong too close to CM Punk's? Tell me when I'm lying. Tell, tell me when I'm lying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where's Where's the lie? Yeah. Tell me when I'm telling lies. Yeah, as soon as you open your mouth. So is Marv just CM Punk because it's the same accent? Yeah, <laughs> Marv and CM Punk are very similar. <laughs> Main event though: Randy Orton, LA Knight, and AJ Styles against uh, Jimmy Uso, Solo Sokoa. This was just a really good match. Uh, it just was what it was, and then they beat the absolute snot out of Solo, which I thought was crazy. We did a lot to build up Solo like a fucking tank. He thumbed Cena so hard. Cena mm -hmm. hasn't even come back. Cena came back and his throat was all fucked up from being thumbed so hard. He talked all weird. And then now we just fucking triple team skied up solo all over the fucking table. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Prove me wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, they much. They Mr. Baited all over him. Yeah. <laughs> it just seemed like a bit much. The Viper spewing venom, spurting it. You know? <laughs> it seemed a bit much. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, uh, but... I don't know, I guess they had to do something, right? It just seemed like a lot for... I, I felt like that's why they had Jimmy there, was to take all the fucking hits so Solo would stay strong, so they would protect right. Solo, but they really just were like, no, fuck Solo too. <laughs> no, fuck... <laughs> Fuck that tonight. We're doing this differently. 
I mean, maybe that's part of building. Maybe they're going to build like a piece by piece split of the bloodline where now Solo's like, no. Mm-hmm. Solo's like, here's Collateral the deal. Damage. I'm not fucking yeah. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Solo just looks at me and goes, ah, that doesn't work for me, bro. They're like, what the fuck? I just got here. Yeah. It's a good Hogan person. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is one of those, um, like you said, the bloodline stale, right? Because even at the end of SmackDown, a show that was pretty hot the whole time, um, I, I felt deflated when it was over. I was like, oh, okay, that's it. I guess we have uh, no conclusion here except for the fact that uh, the three guys who had three beat the guys that had two, you know? Producer Lady here. Thanks for tuning in. Continue to support and buy us a drink by putting the I in subscribe and reviewing our podcast. And cheers to Fans First Sports Network for keeping the dive bar lights on. I would never have a drink with